All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Mr. Game Boy. This is week number eight of season two. I'm here with my special guest as always, Matt Trabby. What's going on, sir? What's going on? Ready for another week? Hey, let's go back at it again with Mr. Game Boy. And I just want to start today's episode off with a funny story. So Sean, our good friend Sean, who was on the um, show a couple weeks ago, um, he got the new Mario Party game that we were talking about. And um, he sent me a picture talk, uh, and it said that um, that Wario, the CPU opponent, got a hidden block on the last turn, which ended up turning into a star, and that's how he ended up losing to the CPU. Oh, the really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow! That's such a full circle thing for him. That's yeah, such a he, karma thing. He lost by he lost by like less than a star. He lost due to coins, just because Wario got the last star like a hidden block star in the last turn of the game. So I thought that was so funny. Um, wow, Karma got him on that one. He, he was like, yeah, no, this was the first Mario Party board I ever played in this new game, and I lost that way. And you want to know the funny thing, too? So, Trav, I don't know if you knew this, but in this Mario Party game, Mario Party Superstars, you can actually change the turn count midway through the game. So, Oh, like, really? That's actually so like, super convenient. Yeah, like if you're playing like a um you know like a 10 turn game or something and just you know you're on like turn six and you feel you need more you want more time and you can just up it to 20 turns in that same game can you go say like you have 30 can you go down to like 20 um if if you haven't passed turn 20 i believe so no yeah obviously because i feel like we've definitely done that we're just like oh let's do a quick 20 rounder and then we're like at round five and we're like no yeah no yeah we did we've definitely done that where um we would set it to like 30 or 50 turns even and then yeah it would go by like 12 turns would happen and we would be like we there's still 40 turns left like there's no like dang we gotta that. top this one out somebody ordered dominoes <laughs> yeah so it, that is a convenient change to just you know edit and the funny thing is the reason i brought that up is because sean in this story actually did that in this game he ended up losing he told me he lost a dual mini game that um made him lose over 100 coins in that one mini game um on turn 12 out of a 15 turn mario party and uh sean was like nah i'm screw this he's uh um i'm changing the turn count to 30 so he changed the turn count from 15 to 30 and then went all the way through and then on turn 30 that's when wario got that last star to beat him (laughs) sean so i thought that was a hilarious story kick off Mr. Game Boy. <laughs> I told Sean we're, uh, that we definitely got to play against him next week or something, see how that goes. I'll probably get destroyed, but I just thought that was a fun little um, thing to tell. And that just brings the, uh, you know, that shows how insane Mario Party is um, and how, you know, how cruel it can be sometimes. And it's good to hear that Mario Party is back to its cruel, cruel roots. So anyways... Um, we don't have too many gaming news to talk about. There was a um, a PlayStation State of Play that happened like last week, but it wasn't like really anything special at all. Like no good games of note were <laughs> mentioned in that. So we're going to skip that. But I do want to talk about just a brief campaign gameplay overview um, from Halo Infinite. So Trav, um, I know you used to be an Xbox guy, but um, you know Halo has been maybe uh, a bit on the sidelines. I haven't played Halo at all. But 
Halo is just one of those franchises that's like synonymous with gaming. You think Xbox and then, you know, Halo comes to mind as the first, you know, pure exclusive uh, gaming franchise. And it's one of the most popular ones. Um, one of the most iconic ones definitely helped bring up the FPS genre besides Doom from back in the day. And now we are on Halo Infinite. It is set to come out on December 8th, 2021. So in about a month from now. And a cool thing about it is that it's also going to be available on Game Pass. So Game Pass is just getting better and better. It's a going to be a day one Game Pass release. So if you have Game Pass, you can pretty much get Halo Infinite for free. And that subscription service, I can talk days for about that one. It's just the best gaming subscription service by far. Um, but anyways, Trav, uh, we both saw the six and a half minute gameplay reveal of Halo Infinite. What what were your first impressions? Were you were you impressed with it at all? Just from a neutral perspective, a completely objective standpoint, you know, we have no Halo biases towards us, so we can't say whether this is classic Halo or just, um, you know, bad Halo. But from our objective standpoints, Trav, what did you think of the general gameplay, story overview, graphics, like everything in general from what you saw? Um, well, not knowing about what Halo really is, I, I, watching it, it's like I don't know the story to begin with. So I, I don't really know where they pick off or where they even started. So it was mm. kind of hard to understand kind of where they at in the story. So it's I can't really make a judgment from like, oh, it's going to be amazing. I like where the story's going. Because mm-hmm. I just don't know. But from the gameplay itself, I don't know why, but I got major, like, Call of Duty vibes. Like, I don't know if – is is Halo supposed to be, like, a, FP, a first-person sci-fi first-person shooter? Like, I truly don't know. I've had an Xbox. I never played any exclusives because I'm a <laughs> savage like that. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, so Halo is supposed to be, like, that sci-fi – first person shooter type game it's like think doom but more like spacey and and outer world like as opposed to just like gory and hell like in a way um so halo deals with a lot of you know um digital like um you know computer type figures you know you got cortana's like the main um uh what do you call it his his partner pretty much it's like a hologram that he works with since halo one and they just fight um, like space demons in a way throughout their franchise. That's as far as I know. Um, and I think Master Chief was part of a, I think they call them Spartans, like a Spartan clan that is, I think, all but extinct except for him. If I'm remembering correctly, I'm not 100% sure. Um, don't quote me on that. But yeah, so it's just basically like a, like a solo um almost like a last man standing type of adventure where it's like master chief going on um trying to save his uh save his world from from you know extraterrestrial beings pretty much and but gameplay wise it did look similar you know to other first person shooters um especially like to me who doesn't play the genre too often but it's good to see that they're like paying attention to you know given i guess the audience in a way what they want in terms of a campaign um because like trav you've played first person shooter campaigns in the past um do you think it's like better or worse in a way i mean i know halo is completely fictional so they go in a fictional direction um do you think you know it's smart with them to stay completely fictional and not bring in any like 
historical truths or you know accuracy or anything like that as opposed to like a franchise like call of duty or maybe battlefield or um any other first person shooters that might bring in like you know uh have it have their campaigns based on a true historical events what do you what do you think on that front well like you said it has to be a game that really needs the historical context like a game like halo i don't want anything historically factual right. about it because there's nothing his there's nothing factual about it to begin with yeah so like you don't want the guns to be like exact like from a from a i don't know like a world war ii or something like that or well no for a game like play. call of duty well, obviously they're doing the world war ii game whatever mm-hmm. the the thing they've done a thousand times like i i want historical context to that like i don't want to be seeing uh like in cold war I don't want to see freaking Batman shooting me in the head and then dancing on me. Right, and right. Dancing right. on my dead body because apparently everyone was trying to copy Fortnite at this point. That's that's understandable. Uh, that that's the annoying thing because it's not like to take it serious. It's just like I like seriously, as in like I, I need to focus on Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. No, like take it seriously as a game as a whole. Like I can't take Call of Duty, I can't take Cold War serious. I really can't because it's there's nothing to it and vanguard i don't even know if vanguard even came out yet no it, it comes out on it comes out this friday believe it or not so two days from when we're recording this oh gosh yeah <laughs> so I, you still have time to get it trav you can pre-order no 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 <laughs> oh, gosh no trav's gonna save his 70 bucks on um from this call of duty this year um, yeah, and then waste it on. What, what, what was your streak so far, Trev? Have you bought in, like, how many Call of Duty games have you bought in a row? Like, how, did you just skip one recently? Like, in a row? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so, all right, so my first my first ever Call of Duty was Modern Warfare 3, then Black Ops 2. That was, and then Black Ops 2, that was my first multiplayer Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. So, the really, the, the last great Call of Duty. Then Ghost, so that's three. World War Two, not World War Two, sorry, Advanced Warfare, so four. Mm. Black Ops three, so five. Mm-hmm. That was, I want to say senior year of high school. Right. Yeah, yeah. World was. War World War Two. Actually underrated game. Um mm. that that that's oh, a campaign hurt. I could get behind because that that used like somebody's story mm-hmm. as the campaign. Honestly, in my opinion, it was really good. Right, right, right. So that's where we're at six now. Yeah. Um. Then was it Black Ops Four? No, no, I'm missing one. Where's Infinite Warfare is in there somewhere? Oh yeah. Oh where, yeah. Where does Infinite Warfare come in? Um. Is that bef- is that before or after World War Two? It. I think it was before. I think. Oh, because I did not buy that game. Oh, okay, okay. So, wait, so, so, all right, so Modern Warfare 3, Black Ops 2, <laughs> Ghosts, I know for a fact, and then it was Advanced Warfare, I know for a fact. That was Sledgehammer. That was 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th. No, after that was, I had, no, no, it had to be Infinite Warfare, I did not get it. I did not get it. Right, right, right. So basically, it was four I bought in a row. Then I skipped, and then I got the next two in a row. Then I skipped, and then I got the next two. And I don't plan on getting this one. 
Yeah, so Modern Warfare 3, then Black Ops 2, then Ghosts, then Advanced Warfare, then Black Ops 3, then Infinite Warfare. Oh, wait, then, then it's five in a row, then I skipped. Yeah, then World War II is 2017, then Black Ops 4, then Modern Warfare, then Cold War, and now Vanguard. Okay, so yeah, so then I was five, skip, bye, skip, bye, bye. Hmm. They've made, yeah, they've, they have not skipped a year since, like, of a main series Call of Duty game since the original came out in 2003. With That's... the exception of 2004, you know, they, they didn't, Call of Duty was 2003, Call of Duty 2 was 2005, but since then, they've managed to release one every single year. <laughs> and it's worked out, I yeah. mean, up until recently. And by yeah. recently, I mean, like, the last time Call of Duty's gotten real hype was probably Black Ops 2. That was its peak by far, I think. It was definitely 100% its, its highest high. Mm -hmm. I think it, it its went, highest selling game, Black Ops 2, or it's one of the Modern Warfares. No, yeah. it has to be. No, because then. Black, for highest selling. That's who you ask because. Um, I'm just talking about sales figures in general. Not what they no, think. Because apparently. Uh, the developers saying, oh, Cold War and Modern Warfare 2019 are the highest selling cards, the most popular cards. Like, no, they're not. I'm telling you. <laughs> there was a lot of hype around them, but they're not that good. Right. I guess it depends if they think that downloading Warzone counts as that, but I don't know. Ooh, actually, Warzone's not even that bad. Yeah. Warzone's not bad from what I've heard. Um, they take, like, the Fortnite... They've probably done the best with the Fortnite formula, in a way, you think? Um, of all the games I've tried to mimic it, like the yeah. Battle Royale style. Um, it's definitely the most popular Battle Royale besides Fortnite. I mean, you know, p games like Valorant and PUBG would like to argue, but, you know, we're not one to talk <laughs> about those. But, yeah, no, that's definitely very interesting. Um, I had a point I was going to make with this, but, oh, yeah. So I read an article about, you know, while I was at dinner today about – um like how how people especially you know as they get older um and as the technology advances like they're itching to play more games with um like emotionally driven plots and allows us to get into like the minds of like the the characters that we're playing so um and they brought up they brought up games like life is strange which brings out like really sad emotions um red dead redemption which um, allows you to make choices, you know, for, with your character, um, and other, other games that I'm, I'm currently blanking on, but like, so it's interesting to, to know that people want to, um, you know, want, people want to feel bad. Like they want to feel guilty and shameful with these experiences. They want these experiences to make them, um, you know, connect with the character on an emotional level and do you think trev that like any of these any of these um like campaigns that you've played in uh call of duty has come even close to like giving you like an emotional level of satisfaction and have they gotten like worse and worse at that over there do you think that's why their quality is decreasing or is it like all across the board like multiplayer and just everything um Definitely, I definitely would 
agree. No, because with this with Cold War, I would definitely agree with that statement because the campaign was god awful. Mm. It was so bad. Uh, I was not. I was not invested in it whatsoever. <laughs> twenty nineteen Modern Warfare twenty nineteen. That was a pretty good campaign. Mm. I don't remember much of it, but I remember liking it. Right. Um, which one before that? World War Two. Black Ops. Good campaign. Black Ops didn't have a campaign, I don't think. Well, it did not. So throw that out the window. The reason why I didn't get it really. Right, right, right. Um, World War Two. That was based off of a true story, I believe. So really good. Like the ending was like really good. Mm. But yeah, I would say I would definitely agree. Like if a game has me emotionally attached, obviously I'm going to be into it more. And um, the campaigns of Call of Duty is definitely. The Modern Warfare as a series um, definitely does 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 that for you. Right. Uh, the Black Ops one and two, those were good campaigns. Three was a, three didn't make any sense. Um, Ghosts wasn't that bad. Uh, Advanced Warfare was Modern Warfare two basically. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, like the other two I've mentioned or three. Right. So yeah, that brings up a good point. Um, so I guess it really depends on the game and what their campaign has to offer. And so for this Halo Infinite game that is coming up, it seems as though this campaign is going to be releasing um, on its own, and or at least as like the main part of the game is the campaign. And then you also get Halo Infinite online multiplayer which I don't think is a Battle Royale style. Um, I could be wrong on that. I probably am wrong on that. But um, because it's been a while since they've talked about their online multiplayer. But I do remember that the online multiplayer for Halo Infinite comes free. Uh, Even if you don't have the original game, you can download the Halo Infinite multiplayer for free. And I think that's an interesting pricing model to go about that. Um, Do you think other games should or have other games in the past done like folk made their game like the $60 portion of their game the um like the campaign and then they've like released their multiplayer like for free or as like an add-on to the side or do you think games as a whole should just you know keep the keep the two modes like together in that sole package Wait, so are you so what you're asking? Because like um, with Halo Infinite, I think like if I remember hearing correctly, like you can pretty much download the campaign and the multiplayer separately if you want to. And like you can get the multiplayer for free as long as you have Xbox Live. And you can get the campaign separately, like if you wanted to. Like, do you think other games should take that? Um, approach to their releases with the modes they offer or should they stick you know to keeping everything in one bundle wait so is it one game yeah yeah no it's, it's the same but you game. download different ones like so different that's like call modes, of duty yeah. basically because that's what they do you could down download you could you buy the game in a whole mm-hmm. and then you could download certain sections like um when i reinstalled call of duty i reinstalled <laughs> multiplayer and zombies but not campaign Right. I got you. Yeah, so that makes sense. I think that's what they're doing here with Halo. So yeah, makes... I don't. I mean, I think it's smart. Right. 
Yeah, you got yeah, that's it's definitely a good point. I think I think it is for a game as big as as this and especially I think it works best in a first person shooter genre just because there are different like modes. Um yeah. the modes themselves are so different that they almost cater to completely different audiences. You know, like we mentioned, we mentioned that there are people who just want to play the, you know, their run and gun experiences, get score a high amount of points and just win um you know beat players online that'll be your online multiplayer crowd but then there are also people who may want to experience an emotionally driven story or you know up to an extent at least maybe complete some missions along the way and that'll be the people that just want to get the campaign or so much so it is a smart way i think to you know allow people to download different sections of the game and Trav, as you've mentioned before i think doing so can also save space on your console for more games when they come out as well you know yeah no that's like one thing one of the reasons why i support it but at the same time like how big are you making this game where i have to where i have the choice to download different sections like mm. you're just taking up a lot of storage to begin with right no, I 100% agree with that, uh, especially with downloading. Yeah, downloading those those huge files um, can can be quite the burden. But anyways, Trav, so after seeing seeing this Halo Infinite, you know, gameplay trailer, if you either had an Xbox Series X or if you or if this game was like releasing for the PlayStation 5, would it be something that you would be picking up or do you think you would pass on on halo infinite um i think i would and i want to say pass because i feel like they haven't done a good job marketing in it compared right. to other games and other exclusives on like playstation let's say but i'm also coming from a place where i've never played a single halo game so that's true that's true but um, I don't know, Xbox as a whole has just not done a great job doing anything for their exclusive games. If anything, they're just hyping up Xbox Game Pass and, and the PC side of it more than anything. So I just feel like it's just not appealing to, to me whatsoever. Like, I can't even get hyped for a game I can't even buy. Right, right. Like, no. like I was hyped for Spider-Man when I had when I, the, 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 the first one, the PS4 <laughs> Spider-Man. I was hyped for that yeah, game yeah. and I didn't even have a PS4. Yeah, no. PlayStation kind of just just emits that that aura that where it has very powerful games, you know, um, like it has strong exclusives that that people you know enjoy a lot and are critically acclaimed. And Xbox, like like very rarely, at least this decade, have 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 proven that they can do the same. Um, but I'm hoping that this kind of you know changes in a way for xbox like i want to see xbox succeed and i think they're they're doing pretty well for themselves but i want to see them succeed in the you know exclusive games market as well because nintendo's doing a great job with their stuff they always have playstation has been doing fantastics for the past like 20 years it seems like and xbox they you know they kicked things off pretty well when they got first got in the game like the first five maybe even 10 years with you know their halo games and you know there are forza games and uh, there are other exclusives back in the back in the day xbox was pretty popular back then but um but yeah nowadays even though they have some exclusive games it's just not as 
um, not as marketable, not as favorable by the fans. Um, it doesn't deliver the that you know that brute storytelling experience that you know, that we were talking about that fans want to see um, that emotionally driven side. But it's a lot of game studios though. I think are wanting to go to Xbox more. So I think Xbox is going to probably own more studios, and I think that might cause maybe more of their games to be you know to be more like like smaller um smaller scale like i think more their developers are more so indie developers that are just getting backed by xbox game studios and that might be a reason why a lot of their exclusives don't look like as gigantic and ambitious as playstations so that could be a factor um just speculating here but do you think do you think um like xbox has has a chance to to like rebound from from this like we know they're doing well with game pass they're doing well with their x cloud gaming service they're doing well um you know they're doing well in the pc market as usual uh they're doing well with a lot like their services and their consoles are doing decent on their own but like it's it's their games that aren't getting the attention as playstation and nintendo games has gotten do you think xbox with this launch of Halo Infinite and maybe in the future can like turn that um, reputation around this decade. You think they have a chance by like say 2030 or 2025 even that they'll um, make a name for themselves and have like a good lineup of, of games that people will identify as, oh, that's Xbox and like they make these games that I want to play or do you think it's too late for them? No, it's definitely too late. And and it's not that it's too late. I just feel like they're just their games are not their focus right now. Their focus is on Game Pass and their services. And they're just shifting over to the PC. I I feel like that's what their focus is on. And they don't really I don't want to say care, but it's not their priority. Right. And also just the, the landscape of video games in general has just changed dramatically over the past, I'd say the past couple of years too, where where you're seeing these big marquee games being announced um, a couple years in advance. Mm-hmm. So, and it's just other, other companies are just other um, like Sony, they're doing phenomenal with, I mean, I have to wait two years for Spider-Man to, or not, <laughs> I have to wait two years for one of their games. I have to wait years Wolverine, for their games. Wolverine, I believe. Or it's like, it, that honestly annoys me. It really does. That they announced stuff so early. It, yeah, it's like it's not a movie; it's a video game. I right. can wait for a movie. I don't want to wait for a video game. Yeah, no, I understand that. Just think about like like think Cyberpunk for example. We had to wait seven years to play that game and how that turned. Oh yeah. So well, then I guess it makes sense. Like you're trying to make it the best game possible, but it's just there's no more casual gaming. I feel like casual gaming is dead. Right. Yeah, it's very rare to find. Um, casual gaming like you know in a in a good way now nowadays um you kind of almost have to be like on top of things to like know what's going on at the gaming industry and to be like oh hey this game is this game is coming out but uh shucks i won't be able to play it for another two or three years um which you know has its ups and downs like you mentioned the these these developers you know they need their time to make the game the best that it can be but on the flip side like you said um you know you'd rather you'd rather wait you know to see like a movie because you're just going to go and watch you know sit and watch the movie um 
and then leave in a few hours as opposed to um you know playing the video game across like playing it yourself being immersed in it and you're gonna be playing it maybe across a weekend or a full week or maybe even a month or a few months even depending on the size and scale of the game and how uh, much you pace yourself through it so yeah no it's just very interesting to to think about do you think it's better for it would be better for game developers to um to keep everything like under the rug until like maybe the the year that the game is going to come out announce that game then and just have us keep like speculating um and thinking of rumors and all that until the official announcement comes or do you think maybe these developers are often too like peer pressured by a potential like internet leaks and maybe some journalists do get like some inside info which maybe forces these developers to have to release the game or announce the game a, a while before they're supposed to do so do you think they're announcing them early because of that or do you think regardless that they should just wait until like the game is almost done pretty much like movies do with their trailers um i definitely think it's a it's that plays a role though the leaks i know they don't want their 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 hard work being late they, it's it's a slap in the face to them yeah or i guess that's what their that's what their point of view is so i guess if you put it from that perspective i i understand but think about it i did not know there was a wolverine game in the making i did not know the knights of the old republic was in the making mm -hmm. i did not know spider-man nobody knew i feel like spider-man 2 was in the making so if anything yeah. they jumped the gun on that on those games mm -hmm. those games alone but also like you're telling me i have to wait years for this game like it's nice to know that it it's in development and and it's there it's nice to know that but at the same time like okay cool so what can i do in the meantime Right. That's where I'm really, if, if anything, that's what I'm getting at. Like, what do I do in the meantime? I got, okay, okay. So I'm starting to understand your point now. Like, it, it so you're saying that, um, that you're thinking maybe, maybe these developers, um, they know what the people want. They know what the audiences want. Spider-Man 1 and Miles Morales did fantastically. Um, you know, the Star Wars games, like Knights of the Old Republic of the Past, you know, did, did phenomenally on Xbox. Um, so PlayStation, when they have, these abilities to you know make these games make the sequels or the remasters of these games um if playstation doesn't have something you know crazy coming out at the moment which let's be honest i don't i don't think they do have anything crazy coming out like themselves they were waiting until next year for for horizon and god of war but like um games like you know call of duty and battlefield 2042 they're not playstation owned um so maybe you know they're treating these announcements as like the little as like the little you know dopamine jumps or like the just the spices of life that like that give us like that hype um but then at the end of like after maybe like the few days of getting over that hype like you said it's almost like oh what do we do now this game's not gonna come out for a few years so now it's just a lot of like expecting like um it almost puts more pressure on them to make the game um like perfect now that there's multiple years in advance um to wait for them to make the game now that we know it's official as opposed to you know speculating what a game could look like 
and then waiting until them to officially announce it. So do you think that's what they're doing? And do you think they're, you know, because maybe PlayStation doesn't have too many things going on at the moment this year, um, they're releasing, you know, they're making these announcements years in advance to give us that little like hype energy. And is it, is it, is it even a good idea to do that? What do you think? Um, I see what you're saying with um, the whole, well, you, we have nothing to do, so let's announce these games. Because right. they're like, they're almost ready, but we can announce them. So to, 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 to bring up the hype, and yeah, but you're not announcing, you're announcing your big title games, I get that, whatever. You're not announcing, hey, here's a platformer we've been working on, try this out, mm-hmm. or here's this. But what I will say with, with PlayStation, they have some amazing deals mm. there's deals up the wazoo with sony <laughs> yeah that's so right. if you and they send me emails like oh we have this sale going on check it out mm. so i feel like i guess to go over my point of what do i do in the meantime well you could check out these sales that they're having that's true at the same time like they're just not pumping anything new and you know what i was actually i was, so when you were saying that um one game actually did come to mind um it uh the game just came out i think like two weeks ago but remember like a year ago or whatever when we saw when you me and sean were watching a playstation 5 direct and um we saw the the gameplay footage of um it was like a platformer a 3d open world game called kenna bridge of spirits remember that one with like the yeah fantasy and i know they've announced games but at the same time like that just came out and it looks pretty good. I think you should like take a look at it on your PS. Yeah, I, I definitely need to start like doing research because I still need to, I still have like a back backlog, not backlog, but like I still have games I still want to play. Bro, we all got backlogs, man. <laughs> I was no, yeah, we we all got yeah tons of. But backlogs. um, like Guardians came out and I heard that game's actually doing pretty well. Yeah, Guardians did come out. Um, so that game that game is doing pretty well. Guardians, um. I would definitely recommend you uh, check out the Kenna Bridge of Spirits as well. That's a good one. Yeah, I definitely will. Um, and I think that's only like a $40 game too. So that might be a, a double plus. And yeah, stuff like that. But the other point I was going to bring up um, before we close out this segment, at least, is um, we've been talking about how you know PlayStation and game developers like to announce games years in advance. Like Nintendo's done this with Metroid Prime 4, which they've announced back in 2017, and we haven't heard or seen anything since. Same with Bayonetta 3, and we just saw gameplay like uh, a month ago or so. Um, you know, Xbox has done the same. You know, Halo Infinite, for example, like announced way back in the day, just coming out this year. Um, but they've also done the opposite. Trav, remember, you know, the one of the most polarizing examples recently is the xbox series x and the playstation 5 the consoles themselves like we knew they were coming but we didn't know or see any information about any of them especially the playstation 5 until like we didn't see the place summer before we didn't see, yeah we didn't see anything about the playstation 5 for example until june of that year so like five months before the game before the console itself came out and we didn't know about the price or the release date until two months before the game, before the console came out. So um, 
Do you think it was better that way for them to announce the consoles that way? Like super, super, I know COVID played a part in that, but like just in general marketing terms, do you think it was better for them to hold off on the announcements? Like everyone knew it was coming at the end of 2020, but um, these games, these consoles, I should say, um, you know, everyone knew they were coming out so late uh, or at this specific time. So it gave, I guess, PlayStation and Xbox all the time to um, figure out how they wanted to announce it. Do you think doing it the way they did, waiting so long and having people speculate up until it was like, up until they almost like were forced to announce it, was that a smarter idea than just being like, hey guys, here's what the console is going to look like early in advance. We'll wait a few years before we tell you the release date and the price and all that. Um, I think, well, with that, it was like COVID, like that, I feel like a lot of people weren't really worried about what's going on in the video game world because we're at the start of a pandemic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but also, like you said, like this was expected anyway. So it was just more like, all what right, when are you going to announce it? Like, what, what it's coming. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like we knew it was coming. We were just waiting for the go. But it was not like anything that's, like, let me look for something. Like, no, we know it's coming. You're not throwing us a curveball. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like we know the thing that people were most about. concerned about were the prices. That's what everyone. That's what most people were concerned. Like nobody. Like yeah, we knew it was coming. How much does it cost? Because we're yeah. gonna buy it. And now no one talks about the prices anymore. People just want to get one. <laughs> yeah. At this point, like, like I'm dropping it. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure, for sure. So that's definitely good. Um, that was definitely a good segment about you know I don't even know what the conversation um came down to but that was definitely an uh, a fun segment to to talk about the one last note i wanted to bring up before um before we close today's episode has to do with netflix believe it or not i don't know if you knew this but netflix has been into like getting trying to get themselves into the gaming industry for quite some time now like maybe a couple years even um and you have an Android phone, which means if, if you go on your Google Play Store, um, Android actually, or Netflix just released a Netflix games subscription service um, in the US like a few days ago. Um, and it's currently, it's only on Android devices. Their iOS support is coming on the way. But um, if you have a Netflix account, you can play a you know Netflix games pretty much. And there's not much to it at the moment. I think there's only like five like mobile games out right now um, or tomorrow they're coming out. I'm not 100% sure. And they say it's a free service. As long as you have a Netflix subscription, there are no ads and no microtransactions. So pretty much like what Apple Arcade is doing. And they've been focusing, like I said, they've been focusing on this for a few years now. Um, in a few countries in Europe, such as Poland and Italy, they've had access to this game subscri subscription service for a couple months now. And just a few days ago, they've released it to over 190 countries, the U.S. being one of them. Um, what do you think of this? What do you think of this move, Trev? Like, is Netflix the right type of company to go into gaming in a way? Like, um, you know, for example, Amazon, like going to them. Um, Amazon owns Twitch. Amazon has the Luna gaming service. So Amazon's been into the gaming industry for quite some time as well. Um, but that's been relatively unknown. Does Do you think Netflix is 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 smart in a way going into gaming? Or do you think they should 
um, stick to what they're what they're doing. Like, like what what do you what do you think, Travis? <laughs> it's, it's interesting. Um, no, yeah, I definitely agree. Um, and when you were telling me about it, I was definitely I was searching it up because I have an Android, so I was searching right. on Netflix games. Did you find anything? And, no, I found nothing. Oh, interesting. I'll yeah, so. Maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe it's only in the Netflix app. I'm not sure, though. Oh. If you have the Netflix app, maybe. No, I do, but, like, the account, it's not my account, so I got oh, to find out. I got you, I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah we, so, we, we can troubleshoot that, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> with the idea of Netflix and video games, it sounds, it's just very off to me. It's something completely out of left field. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, worth a shot i guess <laughs> worth a shot that's for sure you fail you fail and you just continue doing what you do best i guess yeah like google failed for example with their stadia remember that <laughs> remember yeah that? and nobody's i mean i, I like completely never thought about it since yeah right um i think their big downfall here is that they're trying to focus on mobile games and i mobile games i don't well, even know if mobile games are that popular while it has a big don't. market i think the problem is netflix's audience isn't really a casual market i feel like netflix's audience is more like um you know like dedicated like movie watchers people who enjoy like want to see like a huge catalog of movies or people that just want to like binge watch something that's why they're making so many originals and so many you know Oscar winning, Emmy winning, just, you know, top tier original movies and TV shows. Um, Cause they're dedicated. They have a hardcore audience that is, is interested in their new content. Um, but if they make mobile games that really only appeals to casual audiences, I think that's just going to throw off their whole business model. And I, I just don't think it's going to, I don't think it's going to go over well. I don't know. Uh, Apple did the same thing, but they're, they seem to, they seem to be doing pretty decent, but that's because they got a ton of games and a lot of big names. Like they have Sonic games, Pac-Man, Tetris, um, among others. But Netflix, if they're just starting off with like five mobile games, um, even if it's for free included with your subscription, I don't know, Trav. I think it's, um, I don't think it's going to go too crazy, even if it's been around for a couple months. Um this might get swept under the rug before the calendar year closes. What do you think? No, I think I think it will lead into twenty twenty one. Not not it won't last in twenty twenty one. I think it will good month or the first two months, and then after. Because right. I feel like because Google Stadia had a lot of hype around it. That is true. That is true. That, they did like announce. I mean, I don't, I don't. I won't give you the timestamp of when it lasted, but I know <laughs> there was hype, and then when it died, it died it died like hardcore no i fully understand yeah it died as bad as cyberpunk <laughs> except not as bad as cyberpunk cyberpunk that was atrocious that was atrocious yeah no that, that was a hardcore video game death but anyways yeah so i think that's gonna do it for the podcast um netflix games i don't know i uh, will just have to wait and see it's very very new not many games on it at the moment like i said may have just released today um they better i think come out with ios support soon just because i think that'll be a lot where a lot of their audience could be um not to say that android players won't play their game subscription but it'll just take some time i feel like um to get like a true sense of what you know what their gaming market share is like it's to 
have it available on all devices that they can. But anyways, that'll be something to keep an eye out on in the future. So that's going to do it for this week on Mr. Gameway, ladies and gents. I appreciate all of you tuning in. Trav, I think next week, if you're down, I think we should do um, almost like a a game awards um, prediction, like pick t- like five games each that we think might be nominated for game of the year. Because that's that's the that show is coming out next month. You know they do a December show for game mm. of the year um, yeah. every year. So I think that could be fun. We can we can try that. I'm uh, totally down to give that a try. Um, I don't know if there's five game of the year worthy games that came out in 2021. I'll have to take a look again. I say like I don't even. <laughs> Miles Morales. That was a good game. Can we, can we vote like Smash Brothers back into the mix? Like you know basically. Yeah, really. It's basically a new game with all like the three characters that came out this year. But anyways, um, that could be something to look forward to next week, guys. Um, thank you guys so much for tuning in to Mr. Game Boy. That's Matt Travia. I'm Gabe Olerziak. We're signing off. See you guys next week.